Project. Welcome back to this episode of In the Black, where we talk about fitness business. Uh, today, we wanted to follow a similar trend to the after show. We wanted to give you the six reasons why your gym is not growing. And I guess these are these are principles, right? So these, these apply to any business, really. So if you're a personal trainer, uh, if you're just running any, like a sole personal trainer, running your own PT business, if you've got it's on, the same, online business. Small level. Yeah. All of it, all of it relates to you. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, without further ado, these are the six uh, lessons that you know we've learned about why your gym's not growing. And this is, this is all from experience. Mm. Yeah, do. I mean, man, most gyms, our gyms in the past and most gyms we speak to, they are stuck. Yeah. Most gyms you honestly speak to, like, oh, have you grown the last 12 months? Most are not like, yeah, man, month on month, we've been growing every month for the last 12 months. No, no, no way. Most gyms are stuck. So number one, uh, and I think this one is probably one of the one of the biggest kicks in the nuts. I think you probably get as a gym owner, which is that you really thought um, because of your own efforts, your gym was growing, but in reality, you were just getting organic market growth. So it's particularly true if you had a CrossFit gym or like an F forty five gym or something like that. We're like, yeah, man, we've like doubled our membership in the last two years. Or since we opened, we've gone from like ten to a hundred. Um, but that just might have been just the growth of popularity of the thing you're offering. Yeah. So there's just organic growth in maybe independent gyms. People are looking for that these days. CrossFit in particular um, or F45 gyms. So people are just Googling it more. Like the Google trend for that thing has gone up and up and up. Yeah. And if you just look at that, maybe say CrossFit now, it's going down. You're like, oh, I can't work out why I'm not growing anymore. Well, it's just you weren't actually generating the growth. So an example of actually generating the growth might be like you're getting more and more referrals. Maybe you're getting more referrals than people are leaving. You're actually growing your gym through your own activities. So that might have been what you were getting in the past. Now you're not getting it and that's why your gym's not growing. Yeah, it's a good point. I think, like I was telling you, I read an article on Forbes, uh, Forbes.com. So is there an Aussie version of Forbes or is it just one? I think the internet reaches the Forbes America. Yeah, okay. So we got on Forbes.com, there was an article about F45. And um, I think it was from September. No, it comes up. October. It was from October. No, it's from September. September 2018. The One of the founders of F45. Uh, this is like right when they were cracking into the American market. Mm. I think they had just kind of cracked in. Maybe I think they had 200 gyms or maybe three or 400 gyms in the American market. They just sort of started. And he was like, I sent this to you. He's like, yeah. I really think that by the end of this year, so in four months from when he said that statement in the article, you know, we'll be at 2,000 gyms worldwide. And it's now mid-2018. 19. So nearly a year since he said that. So six months after he predicted it. More. Yeah. More. more. It's uh No, he predicted it for the end of the year, right? And now yeah. we've had like a six and a half months since then. Yeah, since when he thought it would happen. Yeah. Uh it's only at like thirteen hundred. Oh wow. So he's like seven hundred gyms behind where he thought he would be. And I think it's just it's the same thing that organic market growth, that demand for it wasn't there. And I think that when people are in the thick of it, they feel like this thing's just going to take off. And in the same way that it didn't, it's not really working for him anymore, for them, you know, obviously for a variety of reasons, even that's what the people that we know that have F45 gyms, that's what they've seen happen to them is all of a sudden, as soon as that growth curve just kind of drops off a little bit, because the retention systems aren't there because they're growing so fast, they don't need retention because there's so much lead generation, they start bleeding members, right? And then it's just like it's an absolute shit fight. And then it's like all of a sudden, what's happened, mm. right? And then they've got to revisit, oh shit, we didn't grow because we were doing necessarily the best job ever. It's just because so many people wanted that thing. It's also just like, honestly, just like a classic cognitive bias, which is when things are going well, you're more likely to attribute it to your own actions. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, man, I'm just killing it this month. Like, I'm the owner, of course it's me. Yeah. 
and then and then when things go bad, it's I mean you, you generally don't take as much responsibility for it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good point. Um, but look, that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Like no. it doesn't mean that you you screwed up. It just means that there's more responsibility on you now yeah. to market and differentiate yourself and and do a really good job and and realize that the the gyms that don't rely on organic market growth will be the most resilient over time. If you're your own gym, your own market, people will come to you regardless of what's trending on Google. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with like an economic downturn. If you don't rely on the organic growth of the market, when the organic growth goes way down, you're still okay. Yeah. Because you weren't relying on that in the first place. And it doesn't, people don't change what they want for health and fitness necessarily. They all want to lose weight. They all want to build muscle. They all want to feel good about themselves. So if you get results and you have the proof that you get results, people will always come to Mm. you. People gravitate towards F45 because they believe it's the new fastest way to get that same result. That's all it is. Before that, they thought CrossFit was a new way to get that awesome same result, right? And whatever the next thing is, but they still want the same thing. They just think this new thing that's been marketed towards them is going to get them there faster. Yep. Not because they actually want to do F45 for some special magic that F45 has. Yeah, and to take this even to online trainers, I think what often you would see, we might have seen with the podcast as well, is like maybe your Instagram following is going up and up and up and up and you're getting better and better results with your online programming or whatever. But a lot of the time, it's just more and more people are getting on Instagram. Yeah. And more and more people are like spending their day on Instagram. That obviously is starting to level out. It's not going to continue forever. And then it's like, oh, it's so hard. Like, it's not working anymore. It's like, well, almost nothing you were doing was really working. Right. Just more people on the platform. Yeah. That's a good point. Second point I got here is, and this is this was a big one for us, uh, was you don't track your numbers. And I think that tracking your numbers extremely well is not easy. Mm. I mean, you know that better than anyone, right? If you do our numbers, it's uh, it's a long process. But having clarity on the numbers, on the mathematics of your business is the most important thing that you could do to understand why you are growing or why you're not growing, right? Where to spend money. I think that a lot of people overspend or they underspend money in certain areas because they don't understand where their next dollar is coming from or why their dollars are the way they are. And so... Um, understanding how cash moves in and out of the business, why members leave, why they don't leave, what's bringing in the most members in terms of like a lead source, what's bringing in the least members in terms of lead source. Just having that clarity just gives you such an advantage or just such a important stranglehold over the, the growth of your business. You can pull the right levers at the right time in the right areas and it's so powerful. I mean, if you spend $1,000 on the wrong marketing campaign, you're screwed. Imagine if you didn't have to spend that $1,000 there. You could, maybe it gave you a negative you know, 30% return. But what if you put it in another area and it gave you a 10x return? Knowing that information is so critical. The only way you can know that is if you know your numbers. So you have to track everything. Yeah, and I mean, usually what I find with this is people think they know them, but then once they get questioned in a circumstance, they realize, hey, there's like heaps of pieces I'm missing here. Yeah. So there's like a really surface level because no one's like really questioning you. Uh, and I guess an example of how this might play out is like to the first question, you know, if you really know exactly where everybody is coming from to, to join your gym uh, and you know why they're coming and you've got all the numbers separated out, when you see, oh, you know, the amount of people joining the gym is going down, but it's because the amount of people looking for CrossFit in the area and joining my gym has gone down the most. All the other ones have stayed the same. Like all the referrals we've got and things from sent from the physio, they've all stayed the same. Then you can make a good decision and maybe not put up another flag saying CrossFit gym down the road. Because you realize that's the one that's not working. Yeah. So like the deeper you can go with your numbers, the more educated the decisions you can make. I'll tell you when you, you made a like a, a really good 
um, insight into the numbers is when you understand how much money a gym can make, when you can almost predict the future of a best, a medium, and a worst case scenario or average case scenario, then you can literally know if you want to go into business or not or if this is the business you want to be in because if you have an idea of how much money you want to make, for example, if you want to... And and you have to. You have to know how much money you want to make in your life, right? Or an amount of money that you'd be happy with in in X amount of time. You could be getting into the wrong business from the start or you might be like, holy shit, I'm going to need eight gyms to make this happen. I can't do this with one gym. Or sign the wrong lease. Yeah. You you realize, holy shit, I can't charge. There are there are certain limiters in businesses. You can only charge a client so much. You mm. can only fit so many people into a certain amount of space. You can only fit so much equipment on the floor. Once you know those numbers, then you can work back from there and be like, okay, this is the maximum amount of money I can make if I don't want to work in it, for example, right? Mm. If I just want to have it just run itself or this is how many people can work. I can't have 10 coaches. I can only have three if I want to pay them really well kind of dictates how many classes you can have on the yeah. schedule, right? All these costs help you make really, really good decisions in your present situation so that you don't have these like really bad expectations of what's going to happen in the future. And you did some eye-opening stuff for us. I remember when you took some numbers to us and you're like, here, I planned out the next three years. Here's like the best case scenario in this current situation. And I was like, holy shit, we need to make some serious changes. Yeah. And so we like restructured a lot of the... Well, fundamental shifts. Not just incremental changes. Oh man, like big changes to yeah cost structures and and how we pay people and where we put incentives and it just it's just eye opening stuff. And until you do this for yourself, you're like I feel like you're living in a fantasy about what your business will bring you. Yeah, you really are. Yeah, and honestly, the more clarity you have, uh, the more motivating as well it can be mm. when you do get that. And uh, and one of the best ways we stay on top of the numbers is working really closely with Spotify, uh, just because. You know, there are a lot of things that go on with memberships. You know, there's people on hold. There's how many people are paying you in the month, how many like upfront payments you've got, how many missing members you've got in terms of attendance that are now at risk. Uh, and the more you can just have all those numbers in hand, the better off you are. Uh, and that's why we've encouraged so many people that listen to the podcast to, to switch to Wattify. Yeah, I think they will. They sent us an email. They were just upgrading one of their dashboards. Man, I looked at that dashboard and I was just thinking to myself, like, if you don't have something like this as a tool, it's hard to make decisions. You're just shooting in the dark. Mm. And you know this is why companies have entire departments which analyze statistics and analyze data. That's just what you're doing on a really micro level for your gym. You're just analyzing data to make clearer, smarter decisions. Like, do you think the best investors in the world, you know, they're like, hey, should we invest this $100 million into this company? Like, how much research do you think they're going to do into that company? They're just going to walk in there and be like, oh, yeah, like, uh, how much money, mate? Yeah, cool. What are the profits? Yeah, sweet. No, mm. they're going to go way deeper than that. They're going to want to know all the numbers. They're not gonna. They're not gonna care like what office chairs you have yep. or like what setting the aircons on or necessarily how happy everyone is there. Like they want to know cold hard numbers because that that is ultimately what helps them make the clearest decisions. Because um, numbers don't lie. Mm. And yeah, I mean, what if I know their numbers extremely well? Um, yeah, obviously we know our numbers extremely well. It's getting better every day. Um, some of the spreadsheets you bring me are like absurd. But look, if uh, if you're gonna jump on Wattify, you guys know the link. It's Wattify dot com slash mmp uh, but also if you want to head to our website the mindmuscleproject.com slash free uh, raf has put up a guide that's going to help you guys understand your numbers maybe you're kind of scratching the surface on it maybe your percentages aren't correct in terms of your costs to your rent to your staff pay to your owner's pay um, so just realigning with those sort of things can make your business a, a lot more resilient a lot more profitable uh, it can give you yeah, much more certainty in your business. So, mymuscleproject.com slash free. We've got a guide there. 
Uh, it's going to help you know your numbers more um, if you feel like this is something you don't do very well and that you're a bit stuck on. Number three. Number three. Uh, this is another mistake uh, you see all the time, particularly for first-time business owners, which is what we were going into the gyms, uh, which is just trying to do it all yourself. Uh, and the reason I think this one is such a killer is because it actually works really, really well and it's mandatory in the beginning. When you first start out, like you just you just don't pay employees. You've got to take all the money yourself. Yeah. And because you're probably the most, almost definitely the most bought in, the most motivated, like doing everything yourself really does lead to excellent results in the very, very early days of running it. Uh, but there's obviously a point where that starts to hurt because mm. then you just become the entire bottleneck. Um, so there's a very good reason that if you grew and grew and now you've plateaued out, it's just because you're still trying to do everything yourself and you've just plateaued out in your time uh, and energy uh, and you're just not moving it off to your team. Yeah, one of the guys who, who I feel like is one of the modern philosophers on wealth creation, uh, Naval Ravikant, he's a Silicon Valley investor. Oh, very successful, but he has some really good uh, theories, ideas, principles about wealth. But well, the idea, he said, is as a business owner, um, how you should approach business is like a lion. And what a lion does is a lion, like a really high-level athlete, has very, very intense periods of attack, if you want to call it, or action. Um, and then it recovers, it rests, um, it, it kind of evaluates, reevaluates, checks the feedback, sees where it can make adjustments, and then it ramps it up again. And I think that's how, that was probably the best way someone put it to me of how to operate in business because that's how I felt like I had always operated. Mm -hmm. He goes, people aren't machines. They can't just work nine to five with linear progression. They need to have these short, intense bouts of work where they're really creative, they dive really deep on something, they set up a lot of systems, they, they get really creative, and then they reset, reevaluate. Let it run. Yeah, let, see how it goes, see where it's breaking and then dive back in again. And I thought that's what we did really good on that retreat. Mm. We, we went away and then all of a sudden we just got this huge rush of ideas. Like, cool, this is what we want to do over the next few months, this what next few years, this sort of stuff. And I think that's that's kind of how you need to operate as business owners. You go and implement, implement, get feedback, reevaluate, rest, recover, do it again. That's yeah, the best Yeah, and approach. I think you probably need people on your team that are more inclined uh, with a slightly different personality, that are more inclined to consistent work that gives them a really consistent life balance. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't like that style of work because the idea of them having like a week where they miss all their training, uh, miss their family time, like really sucks. Mm. They're like, they really like consistency. Mm. Um, so having people on your team that can do a lot of the stuff that needs to be consistent, um, like maybe delivery to clients, like you can't just over deliver to clients for a week like crazy and then disappear for two. Mm. That's not what they want. No. So the more you can, yeah, get support from your team and helping grow your gym, get them doing a lot of the consistent work and then you can have the spouts of work like, like Lockie mentioned. Uh, that might get you to the next level of growth. Yeah. I mean, you're just trying to create a better life for your staff as well. And you can't if you're stuck in the business all the time because you can't innovate for them to give them, you know, a different path or, yeah. or new work to do, right? So even though they're not necessarily working like that, you, the ideas you're coming with to then give to them is going to upgrade the work they're doing, make mm -hmm. them more excited about the stuff and the new stuff that you've come up with for them. So really cool, really important. And value your time as well, you know. Mm -hmm. If clients are paying you, you know, $100, $150 an hour, like, you're the business owner. Like, your time is worth more than that. So, it's just one thing to consider as well. Uh, okay, fourth thing. Second thing on my list, um, you're scared of failure. Now, I think a lot of people, uh, because they're in the fitness industry and they know how to train hard, they know how to work hard, they know what pain is, um, 
they don't feel like they're scared of failure. Mm. But unfortunately, failure is, or fear of failure is a subconscious bias that you that you don't really realize is happening until someone objectively was to come in and be like, hey, you're not doing that because you're afraid. And you wouldn't know that consciously. All, right, all thought patterns, all behaviors are 95% subconscious. So I feel like it's not really until these things come to uh, an unfortunate head and, and they just end really poorly. Do you do you realize that, fuck, if I had just made this move here or pivoted there, then I would have, you know, prevented this situation. So fear of failure is just small little things that you're avoiding um, because you're afraid that you might upset something or it might, um, you know, make the business more unstable or just not work as well. Um the only way to progress is to try new things, to fail, to learn from them and to go forward. And like I said on a previous episode, you're just trying to find the algorithm which is the blueprint to success of what your business model looks like. The only way to figure what that thing out is, is to try as many solutions and as many scenarios as possible till you narrow it down till you have the perfect equation. The only way you can do that is to fail more. So there's going to be changes that you need to make to your business to try to see if they work or if they don't. And if they don't work, that's okay. You can just learn from it and change it to go back. Obviously, there are some failures that are going to feel bigger than others, but you can come back from everything if you believe you can come back from it. So that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to get over is like sometimes you just got to dive in, try it, see if it works, see if it doesn't, if it fails. Don't say it's the end of the world. Just be like, guys, we're moving forward. We're going to try, you know, we're going to change this thing. And now we've got this really valuable insight as to like this thing not working. Well, my next point, I think it ties directly in, is that um, one of the reasons you're not growing is that you're just not actually very different to the competitors around you. And I, I think probably the biggest reason people fall into this trap, because everybody knows that's not good. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, no, I don't want to be the same as every other gym around me, right? Because then you just get in a price battle and you all lose. But probably the reason, now that you mention it, that they fall into that trap is they are too afraid to try anything that might not work. And when you get stuck in that zone, which is like, you know, most of us, because it's super scary, and money's on the line, and everything like that, then inherently you end up the same as everyone else because you're just not trying anything different and anything different might not work out. So it is such a massive trap and when you become like everybody else, it sucks. Uh, you we know, get we, the same results as everyone else. Yeah, you're just, you're just not different. And then yeah. when someone comes in and they're just like, oh yeah, like there's another one around the corner, it's a little bit cheaper and you kind of know in your heart like it's just the same. Mm. Like pretty similar music, pretty similar look, like everything really is the same. I mean, I think you lose a bit of pride uh, in your own business and in your own gym um, and it's just really hard to really I mean it's out of your hands at that point someone yeah. else will yeah. drop the price there's nothing you can do about it yeah, and you know where that comes from as well is because people look to other people as to what to do yep. they're not thinking about how can they innovate differently because they don't value their own ideas that much they really don't they think oh maybe that guy's smarter he's better at this thing so I'm just going to copy him and the second you start copying what other people are doing yeah you can learn from other people for sure I'm not saying you can't but as soon as you really start trying to copy what everyone else is doing like you said then you're in a race to the bottom right like I know uh, you know we hung out with him like you know Fitstop is essentially very similar to F45 it is um, there's just no two ways about it if you just throw people in an F45 if you take people from F45 you put them in Fitstop they're going to be like yeah it's like a little bit different mm. but it's not dramatically different um, and I'm not saying that Pete you know intentionally did this like he had his own thing going but he's copied a very similar model that seems to be going extremely well right now. And that's just the way it is. If you really want true innovation, if you want true differentiation, if you really want to set the price point at where you can set it, 
you do need to be original and be as different as possible. You never like, I don't know. I don't think an individual gym owner needs to be original though. Because remember, they can still be original in their local area. Yeah, no, I mean like, I don't mean in original in the world. I just mm. mean like in the way that they're pitching themselves to the market. Yeah. Yeah, the way they're selling themselves to clients on the market. You know, we do these four things better than anyone else. Yeah. That makes you different. But I mean, that's the thing. When you, when you have a brick and mortar space... Like the barrier is lower because you really just have to be different to every other option in your local area. So like, I mean, you can steal from like some mad gym in America. You can yeah. find some crazy gym in America. And it's like, wow, it's, they're doing things pretty different. Uh, and you can just copy and steal and, and replicate, which I think people do here with a lot of success. But they've made themselves different to all the other viable options for the target market they're going. And then they could really win. Mm-hmm. But somehow people still end up the same as like the other small amount of gyms in their area. Um, which is a massive losing strategy. You know, when I, I reckon we overcame a big, a big f- like fear of, of failing was uh, when we let go of CrossFit from the name. I mean, I was pretty confident with it, but I could, I could feel the initial hesitation that we all had to be like, fuck, are we really going to like turn on this thing that has brought us so much quote-unquote success early on? Um, but I just knew at that point it was a decision between us taking our future into our own hands, our destiny into our own hands because I knew it wouldn't stop there. Like as soon as you let go of the name at the front of the building, then it's going to have a trickle-down effect to everything. It's going to affect the programming. It's going to affect the people you hire. It's going to affect the long-term affiliation, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I don't regret the decision at all. And I think there was probably a fear that, you know, it might get really, really bad. You know, it might not work out for us. And then people would be like, you should have stuck with the, you know, what was working for you, bro. But, you control your own destiny. So if you want to make something work, you can make it work. Yeah, you yeah. can also just put the sign back up. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Sometimes yeah. like the decision you um and are over a long period of time are like not that hard to undo. Yeah. You know, so you just you can worry about it a bit less and, and really try and be different and if it doesn't work, go back to what you were and then try another thing. Yeah. So last point we're gonna wrap up here for you guys is uh number six, um, is that you're happy to maintain. So uh, we have, or well, Tony Robbins always says, if you're not growing, you're dying. And um, I think that a lot of gyms are pretty happy with where they're at. Uh, but unfortunately, that that statement is so true. If you are not actively growing, you are dying. Uh, and therefore, I feel like if even if you, you, you are happy where you are, you would want to be in a position, the only way that it's acceptable to maintain is if you are actively turning people away, if you're, if you're stopping growth, right? So in terms of like, the growth tap can be turned on at any single time. If you're maintaining, but you're like tr- sort of trying to grow, you know, or you, you're kind of expecting to grow and it's not growing, you're dying. Yeah, that, that, that is the truth. Or you're going down slowly, you just don't realize it. So, because at the end of the day, staff don't want to be a part of a business that isn't growing. They want to feel like they're a part of something special. Like they want to be motivated. And if you're not providing them with that, if it's like, oh, I've been here for ages, like shit's just the same as it always is. They're going to look for something more exciting. You're stepping into the next generation of fitness trainers, millennials. So people want to work for themselves they want to, or they want to work for like a really big, important, powerful mission. They're not just going to rock up and just do what you say. That's, that's the old generation mentality. We're in this new era. They've got Instagram, they've got YouTube, they've got all this stimulation. They want to make a big impact. And so they want to feel that from the leadership team, from the people that own the business. So you got to, if, it, if you don't feel like you want to grow in the gym more, then you've got to look maybe online or you got to give them or give your staff an opportunity to, to grow the business. But maintaining and being happy with, happy with maintenance um, is only acceptable if you're actively stopping your gym growing. Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think in that point you're maintaining because 
you're just improving something else. Like you're maybe yeah. improving your profit margins in the gym um, or some other measure of success for your gym. Because if you really think about it, like it's just impossible to maintain. Like maintain is usually just a code word for, for dying. Dying, yeah. Um, because down. things around you are changing constantly. So, you know, like the market is changing heaps. So you might be like going pretty well, but maybe people are getting more into online personal training or, or some other thing is changing in the market. People are always trying to steal your profit. So it's it's not possible because you're not in isolation to maintain. And then even if you really do maintain exactly what you mentioned, then it starts to become stale. Mm. Like maybe your staff feel like it's pretty stale. So then things start to die because yeah. their motivation drops off. Yeah. So because there's so many moving parts to something, like you really are either growing or dying. And I mean, even if you're really happy with the size of your gym, like the membership number, there's still like a million other ways you could be growing. Mm. You might be growing in how much every member pays. You might be adding new revenue streams. Like you might be adding more profits and more margins. And if you're not doing that, then then you are dying. Um, but it's also, yeah, I mean, it's just like a pretty tough mental barrier to get over because it would be nice to just maintain. But when you realize, man, if I'm not actively growing, I am dying. Like at first, you're like, man, that kind of sucks because this, this trend ride never ends. But once you get over that, you realize, hey, at least I've just got to make sure we, we are growing. Well, the thing is, right, if you've gotten to that point where you're like, wow, I'd have to always grow this thing, what the fuck, then get out because for the people that are in it, that are constantly growing it, they love it. Yeah, like, we love it so much. It's not really like, like growth is an awesome option for us and it's the only option we want. We don't want maintenance. We never want it to get to maintenance. And if we ever felt that way about it, be like, hey, I think my time's up here because mm. I am not interested in the growth of this business anymore. It's like a professional sports team. If they're like, yeah. what's your goal? You're like, I just really don't want to get much better. Just the same as like where I am now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy to be on the team it's, and like... It's retirement. Thinking about retirement. Yeah. 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 The second you think about retirement, it's time to retire, yeah. right? And I think it's the same thing. The second you stop thinking about growing, there's a time it's for you to get out. And I mean, for some people, that's a hard pill to swallow, but... I mean, you're not serving people in your community, especially in an ethical business like gyms where you're trying to like, well, ethical, I guess. It's mm. not all ethical, but you're generally trying to make people healthier and happier and fitter. If you're not actively trying to grow that, then, man, I'd really question whether you should be in it or not. Yeah, you're burnt out. It just doesn't work because your clients will turn around and just be like, hey, things haven't got much better. Mm. So you just, you have no choice. And at that point, they'll be upset. Things will start to die. Yeah. So yeah, it's a sad reality. Um I think that, man, all of these six probably apply to most people. Yeah. Um, they still apply to us. Yeah, they apply way. to us every single time. And I think that if you if you do feel like you're a bit stuck, one of the honest ways to really know if you are stuck is just, hey, it's like we just had June 30th. Just compare your, you know, this year's numbers to last year's. And if they're pretty similar, you're super stuck. Yeah. Because you've had 12 months to grow and you haven't. Uh, and sometimes when you look month to month, you're like, hey, growing, dying, growing. Like you, you lose the bigger picture. Would you really just compare a couple of 12-month blocks and see like, hey, am I really growing this thing? Where is it going in the next five years? Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll give you a more honest perspective about if you are growing or dying. Absolutely. That is not a pitch into business consulting because we will never do that. I'm just, I'm just kidding, guys. No, it's... Uh, look, there's a good rule with this sort of stuff. If something is about... Uh, if someone is teaching you to grow their business and they've never grown a business, avoid at all costs because the only way that person is getting rich is off you. So, um, that was a weird note to end it on. But look, regardless, six things that you can walk away with, guys, um, to you know, hopefully unstick where you're stuck and continue to grow your business. Like I said, midway through the episode, we have a guide on how to understand your numbers better and look into better numbers. And you can go to mymuscleproject.com slash free. You can download that guide and um, yeah, start tracking those numbers. And if you ever get stuck, um, Raf's mobile number is zero... <laughs> 
they're, they're the first numbers of the of the guide. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please share, tag us, and um, yeah, if you didn't, then just unsubscribe. Maybe your gym's not stuck. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe you're just killing it. Um, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, we'll speak to you soon.